If you have an unpaid debt to the IRS that you can't pay, please hear this special notice. Specially approved IRS relief programs designed to aid delinquent taxpayers are now in effect that can significantly improve your financial situation. Depending on your circumstances, you may qualify to have your tax problem resolved in your favor and may even have your back taxes reduced by thousands or eliminated entirely. A relief hotline has been established by Community Tax for you to call and see if you qualify at 800-305-6762. If you owe the IRS back taxes that you can't afford to pay, don't let the IRS trick you into thinking you have no way out. Our highly accredited tax professionals will let you know what you qualify for and how much you you can save. We may be able to stop all liens, garnishments, levies, and save you thousands. Call and see if you qualify for this taxpayer relief at 800-305-6762. That's 800-305-6762. I, I want to begin with the thread, though. This is from uh, Christian uh, Trebert. He is the visual investigations reporter for the New York Times. And I, I want to read this thread to you because he tracked Kyle Rittenhouse's movements in Kenosha, Wisconsin. Kyle Rittenhouse, if you will recall, is the young man who uh, shot and killed uh, protesters in Wisconsin. He's been charged with two counts of murder. And I want to read you this thread. This is, again, this is a New York Times reporter who uh, used uh, live streams and other accounts to follow the movements of Kyle Rittenhouse uh, in the run-up to him shooting these protesters. So let me read you this Twitter thread. A teenager faces charges and shootings that left two people dead in Kenosha, Wisconsin. The New York Times Visual Investigations team reviewed hours of live streams to track 17-year-old Kyle Rittenhouse's movements during and leading up to the shootings. In the hours before the shooting incident, uh, several reporters interviewed Rittenhouse, who said he was protecting a local vehicle dealership together with several other armed men. He also offered medical assistance to protesters. Rittenhouse is around the area and most of the footage reviewed. About 15 minutes before the first shooting, police drive past Rittenhouse and thank the group he's with. We appreciate you guys. We really do. They broadcast through the speaker of the armed vehicle. Rittenhouse eventually leaves the dealership and is barred by the police from returning six minutes before the shooting. To better understand what happened next, we synchronized six live streams, which revealed that there were two separate shooting incidents about one and a half minutes apart involving multiple gunmen. At 11.19 p.m., Rittenhouse is seen in this YouTube live stream. He's being chased into a parking lot. While he is being pursued, an unknown gunman fires the first shot in the air. Rittenhouse turns towards the sound of the gunfire as another pursuer lunges towards him. He then fires four times with his rifle and appears to shoot the man in the head. The muzzle flash of the first shot by the unknown gunman and the smoke rising from the handgun can be seen in this video captured capturing the first shooting from a different angle. It's unclear why Rittenhouse was being chased or why he was in the area of this car dealership four blocks away from the one he claimed to be protecting. We do know vehicles in this lot were damaged moments before the first shooting. 
the initial shot and Rittenhouse's four subsequent discharges of his AR-15 style weapon are followed by three more shots in the parking lot. We don't know who fired them. Rittenhouse seems to make a phone call and then flees the scene. While fleeing the scene, Rittenhouse is again chased by several people. He trips and falls to the ground and fires four shots as three people rush him. One person appears to be hit in the chest while another who is carrying a handgun is hit in the arm. At the same time, we hear at least eight gunshots from further away. Mr. Rittenhouse gets up and begins walking north from the scene, and eight more gunshots are heard from closer range. It's unclear who fired the other shots. Police vehicles just one block away remain stationary during the gunfire. Rittenhouse walks with his guns up towards the police as bystanders call out that he was involved in the shooting. The police drive by him to the scene of the shootings without stopping. Rittenhouse's social media profiles claim support for pro-police causes like Blue Lives Matter and Humanize the Badge. Other posts show him taking backyard target practice, posing with guns, and assembling a military-style semi-automatic rifle. We're continuing the investigation. That's the New York Times. Um, and and this is this is in, important. And the reporter goes back and clarifies that the AR-15 is not an assault rifle. Had a, I left the word assault out of out of the thread because uh, I had seen the clarification. But even the reporter goes back and clarifies uh, that an AR-15 is, is is not an assault rifle. Now, if if he was firing on people who were attacking him, he's not the bad guy. And Tucker Carlson is getting all sorts of hell for for pointing that out. I don't think he should have been there, and I want to get to that. Um, but if he was firing in self-defense, he's not the bad guy. And this New York Times reporter, they've been able to piece together a bunch of live footage. I mean, that's the remarkable thing about this age is the the number of people who have cell phones and and uh, uh, GoPros and the like and can live stream their movements on YouTube and stuff. The New York Times was able to piece together a bunch of live streams to to track Kyle Rittenhouse, the shooter in Wisconsin, and you find that the police thanked him for being present and helping protect these car lots. Uh, the, the protesters there were setting cars ablaze at different car lots. You find he tried to turn himself in after the shooting and the police drove past him. And you find that someone shot first, and then whoever it was with other people, they lunged at Kyle Rittenhouse, and he fired in self-defense as they were trying to attack him. Uh, If that pattern that the New York Times shows, and this isn't me, and this isn't me trying to justify Kyle Rittenhouse. This is the New York Times, which pieced together uh, copious amounts of live stream footage, and we're able to track the patterns here. And it does appear from the New York Times' own reporting that Kyle Rittenhouse was protecting himself in self-defense as violent protesters were lunging at him. One of the protesters who he shot and killed was seen earlier in the day uh, charging people, telling, yelling at them to try to kill him. And we also now have footage of the, 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 the man who was shot by police. And it does appear that that it's not as first claimed by some that they did try to tase him. The taser had no no work. He wouldn't listen to them. He tried to get into his car. There was a knife in the car, uh, and it doesn't appear as some first claimed. 
And what we're seeing, and I think this is really important, and the reason I, I wanted to go through the New York Times thread, and I'm appreciative of the New York Times for doing this, is we're seeing spin come out very quickly that is very sympathetic to protesters and very sympathetic to those shot by the police. And there is deservingly a lot of sympathy there because it turns out based on cameras that we now have in our lives that we did not have 10 years ago, that these sorts of things happen way more often than we ever knew. But it also appears that not every case is a case wherein it was an unjustified shooting. And we're not allowed to nuance anymore. Either police are bad or police are good. Either the person deserved it or the person didn't. In every case, it's always they always deserve it or they always don't. And we're not allowed to make case-by-case judgments. We should be able to say that the that George Floyd would probably be alive. And I realize there's, there's uh, examiner report out that he had fentanyl in the system. He could have died of an overdose, but he didn't die of an overdose. He died with a police officer's knee on his neck for eight minutes, 46 seconds. This guy was tased by police. And that didn't stop him. And they tried to get him to, to, to not get to his car. He tried to get to his car. There was a knife in the car uh, where he was reaching into his car. This could have been something different. And yet we are shaped now by people in social justice and in the media who are outraged by these things. And the facts need to, we need to let them breathe and no one wants to let the facts breathe. I don't think Kyle Rittenhouse should have been in Kenosha, Wisconsin. I I don't like the idea of people stepping up to supplement the police. And I realize some of you will disagree with that, but I think that if your local police are, are hamstrung by your local officials, then that's an issue to deal with your election officials. It's not to deal with you supplementing. If you're protecting your own home or your own business, you have every right. I just don't think that the the having kids like Kyle Rittenhouse come in to play police, they don't actually have police training, can exacerbate situations. And I think the situation was exacerbated. But I also think that if Kyle Rittenhouse is defending himself, as the New York Times seems to say, the kid is not the bad guy. And we, of course, aren't able to, we're, we're not able to nuance these things anymore that Kyle Rittenhouse shouldn't have been there. But he was there. And if it was in self-defense, he's not the bad guy. The first guy, I'm uh, reading a, a text from a friend of mine. So the first guy killed was a registered sex offender for actions involving a minor. The second guy uh, had repeated felonies for domestic abuse, assault, and battery. And the guy whose arm was was shot off uh, as he charged the shooter with a Glock is a member of the People's Revolution Movement who had previous convictions for possession of an unlawful firearm. Those are the three individuals who were coming for Kyle Rittenhouse. Again, the, the first guy was a registered sex offender. The second guy had repeated felonies for domestic abuse, assault, and battery. And uh, the guy who was shot in the arm uh, was a member of the People's Revolution Movement with previous conviction for possession of unlawful firearms. I think 
that it is very relevant to add those to the conversation and to add in the New York Times fact pattern of what happened. I also think it is relevant to say that it is a destabilizing situation when no when non-law uh, enforcement officials come in to serve in the role of law enforcement without training. They're not protecting themselves and their property. They're trying to do a service in their mind to protect other people's property. But it, it makes tense situations even more tense. But they are there because of failures of government. My personal philosophical view is that the failures of government should be a political issue to be dealt with by the voters of a community and uh, their their elected officials, not for people from out of town to come in and, and try to serve the role of the police. But they were there anyway. Whether, whether I think they should have been or not, they were there. And Kyle Rittenhouse, of course, is now being accused of, of murder when it looks more and more like he was actually defending himself. And the New York Times evidence is very clear that someone not Kyle Rittenhouse shot first. And that is when Rittenhouse turns to respond and they try to lunge at him and he begins opening fire. And that's what the live stream show, multiple live streams show. And I think it's important to get that fact pattern right. And you can disagree with the analysis and you can have your own opinion and that's all well and good. But I think the facts do matter and those now appear to be the facts. The New York Times pieced together those live streams, and and this is contrary to what a lot of people are hearing in the media. And they're leaving out the fact that this kid was charged, someone else shot first, and he does appear to have been defending himself. You can dislike the fact that he's 17 with an AR, and you, like me, can say he shouldn't have been there uh, serving in the role of the police. In his mind, he was doing a public service whether you think that was right or wrong. But I do think context and facts matter even in this situation. And what is increasingly obvious in all of these situations is that no one really wants the facts to stand in the way of an emotional response. And uh, there are nuanced responses that should have, uh, should happen. And I, I, I totally think that the presence of these guys standing in for law enforcement exacerbates the situation. I also totally think that if you are charged by three men, one of whom shoots first, even if you've put yourself in the dangerous situation and you probably shouldn't have, you still have the right to defend your life. And it is very clear from the records of the three individuals who are charging him uh, and the video of the one guy earlier in the day uh, that their intent was not to just put him on the ground uh, or tickle him or send him on his way. It was something worse. And I got a real hard time saying that this kid is actually the bad guy. Well-connected and well-respected. It's Eric Erickson, live every weekday. We've all been forced to pause, reset, and reclaim our futures in light of the chaos of 2020. There's always darkness in adventure when you're not sure where you're going. But even the smallest bit of light can illuminate our paths. It can inspire us, show us the next step, give us a glimpse of where God is moving. Join us for a 40-minute stream service each week at sparktalks.net to hear from people who will share what they've learned so far in 2020 and challenge you with new ideas to ignite your life. If you have an unpaid debt to the IRS that you can't pay, please hear this special notice. 
Specially approved IRS relief programs designed to aid delinquent taxpayers are now in effect that can significantly improve your financial situation. Depending on your circumstances, you may qualify to have your tax problem resolved in your favor and may even have your back taxes reduced by thousands or eliminated entirely. A relief hotline has been established by Community Tax for you to call and see if you qualify at 800-305-6762. If you owe the IRS back taxes that you can't afford to pay, don't let the IRS trick you into thinking you have no way out. Our highly accredited tax professionals will let you know what you qualify for and how much you can save. We may be able to stop all liens, garnishments, levies, and save you thousands. Call and see if you qualify for this taxpayer relief at 800-305-6762. That's 800-305-6762.